When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, this is Lucy Arnaz. You're listening to TV Confidential. Tony Figueroa is with us for a special edition of This Week in TV History. Tony Sepin is always brought to us by our friends at Story Salon, Southern California's longest-running, regularly-performing live storytelling ensemble, storysalon.com, facebook.com forward slash Story Salon. Tony's standalone podcast this week in TV history is available. Apple Podcasts, wherever you find audio. Okay, Donna is on assignment as we speak, so it's just Tony and I. And we had one of those weeks in August where we lost several TV icons in a row, one of whom was a touchdown for many of our listeners, Tony Dow. Yeah, Tony Dow, I mean... We're going to know him as Wally, and he did other stuff. I wish in some of the tributes they would cover Tony Dow as the director because he was a well-sought-after television director. Uh, He was working on a bunch of different sitcoms. Uh, He was a fixture on on The Universal Lot, where they did leave it to Beaver, and I I think a lot of that was overlooked. Uh, And he was also a talented sculptor, which did get a lot of uh, press and and uh, talk, and he went into the sculpting to work out his depression. Yeah. Which, you know, you look at uh, a lot of child stars and you see the trouble that they get into and people love to cover that. And I don't remember Tony Dow ever getting into trouble like uh-huh. a lot of contemporaries. But uh, he did go through some serious depression at a time when you didn't talk about that. And he boiled it down to, you know, I had people telling me what to do at home and I had people telling me what to do at work. And that was eventually taking a toll, especially as he was coming up with that. And then all of a sudden he's not working and he's being typecast. He fortunately, I mean, if you look back, he he did have, uh, I think, a, a good run as a working actor, but not as a TV star, but he was doing better than most. He was doing better than most, and um, there was a very, if you haven't seen it, folks, uh, there's, he, uh, Tony Dow did a nice, uh, there was a nice like seven-minute segment um, on CBS Sunday morning that yes. aired uh, April this year, just a few months before Tony passed, where he talked about um, his depression and and how his and, and it was shot in his studio and so you got to see some of his artwork around him 
and he talked a lot. He talked very openly about how his art played a very major role in his healing process. But the other, and, and as you mentioned before, what's overlooked is when when the phone stops ringing or you're you're no longer getting as many texts as you used to. Uh, not everybody is able to pivot the way he was able to pivot, and. Uh, if you're not getting opportunities to act in front of the camera, you immerse yourself in other aspects of the industry, which he did, and he had a very healthy, sought-after career as a director behind the scenes. He did a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff when Leave it to Beaver came back as, you know, still the Beaver and then the new Leave it to Beaver. So he was writing and directing those episodes as well. And I was skimming through some of those, and I thought, these are actually very good <laughs> And they were, and I thought they paid great tribute to the beginning of Leave it to Beaver because you remember in season one especially, you would hear Hugh Beaumont narrate the opening of the show to kind of tease the episode. And it was a little bit of philosophy, almost like Mary Alice on uh, Desperate Housewives, but a little bit more um, serious, you know, where he would say, you know, there are lessons that we learn about this and this and this, and that's the theme in tonight's episode of Leave it to Beaver. And when they started doing Still the Beaver, it was Barbara Billingsley doing that. Yeah. But it had that structure, which I thought, wow, you know, I didn't, I didn't make the connection at first. So, you know, everything, there's a reason for why everybody's here and why everybody's doing what they're doing. But then for Tony Dow to actually, you know, start getting into the writing and the directing part, you know, when he's on a popular TV show again, playing the same character, but he's on, but I think he kind of knew, I, I want to take other aspects because I, I remember having a show and then not having a show. And I want to make the most of uh, this opportunity that I was given a second time around. But you look around between, you know, the first episode, the first run of the show and then the reboot, you would see him on emergency. You would see him, you know, on other stuff. You'd see him in commercials. So he was always out there. Yeah. Our, our mutual friend, Chuck Carter got to know Tony uh, in the last five, six years, as a result of writing his book on the Mr. Novak series, what I was not aware of until I revisited Chuck's book for the program we're doing this week, Tony Dow had a recurring role on Mr. Novak. It was one of the first things he did after Beaver, and it gave him an opportunity to do something other than playing Big Brother Wally. And Chuck gave him copies of his episodes so that Tony could watch them and, and refresh his memory. Uh, Tony not only watched his episodes, he got hold of other episodes of Mr. Novak that he had nothing to do with because he remembered what a good show that was. And so he was very proud of being part of that show, even though it did not have the longevity that Leave it to Beaver has continued to enjoy, but the fact that he was involved in another high-quality show, he was very proud of that as well. I think everybody who's been involved with Leave it to Beaver, even though their lives were taking a different direction, they were all back for the reunion. Yeah, There was no... This, which is not something that you always hear, and they knew that they did something of quality yeah. and something that stood the test of time. And... Uh, you know, I mean, that, I think that also speaks volume of all of them, that they didn't have the ego where they didn't want to be involved with something like that in their past. They knew, I think they all knew who, who they were 
and how the public saw them and how the public would feel about seeing them again. And, uh, and I think, you know, it's, it's not like they were desperate for work. Uh, it was, oh, I'll, I, I'd love to come back and do this. I mean, Ken Osmond was a police officer. Uh, Frank Bank was he, an investment he, he, banker. He was an investment banker, yeah. He was, an inve- he was doing very well for himself. He also dedicated a lot of his time uh, with the Screen Actors Guild to deal with their pension and welfare and getting that to make sense and encourage people, you know, hey, you should vote for this, or hey, I think you should not be voting for this, and and, and be able to explain it to people in ways uh, that the non-financial people, the creative people who don't have that, that part of their brain hardwired properly, uh, he was able to explain, so he used, I would say that he used his financial skill and his communication skills very effectively, and, uh, but they, they just had, it looked like they had a wonderful time coming back and doing that, and there was no regrets. Tony Figueroa is with us via Zoom as we devote this segment of This Week in TV History to Tony Dow. Tony Dow, the actor, director, and sculptor known around the world as Wally Cleaver on Leave it to Beaver. Tony Dow passed away this past July 27th at the age of 77. Chuck Harder will join us later on the hour to share his memories of his friend Tony Dow. You know, I was one of those people that when I was little, Leave it to Beaver was not on syndication in the market I lived in. Huh. So I didn't just, yeah. You lived in the but, one You lived in the one part of the country. Yeah, <laughs> it, it does seem like that because, you know, I had uh, lived in Ohio and then I moved out to L.A. And I've often heard people refer to Leave it to Beaver as a metaphor. Yeah. You know, before I could really appreciate a metaphor or reference it, and, and we would take the Universal Studios tour and we would go by the famous house. So I had heard about that, but you know, just at that particular time, let's say between like seven and 14, it wasn't on in any of the local channels. And then uh, it started to air on a UHF channel uh, here in Los Angeles. Uh, I think, you know, along with Mikhail's Navy and a few other shows, and I started watching it, and I would watch it from the first episode. And so I would see the, the like, the haircut episode. And, and at 14, I go, oh, that's why this is significant and this is important. And this is why uh, grown-ups are constantly referencing this. Now I look back, and it's like when the show started, Wally was smaller. And Wally was also getting into the mischief. But Wally had to grow and mature and really be the big brother, you know, in a different role. And you being an older brother and me being an older brother, you kind of see how as you're getting... Beaver could just be Beaver and just be bigger. You know, know, Beaver's always the Beaver. He's just taller. (laughs) Wally, Wally had to grow into the role model and set the example and be the responsible one as his character progressed. But be the responsible one in what he thought being responsible was from the preteen to teenage perspective. Yeah. And to dovetail with, you mentioned Frank Bank. When Frank visited our program some years ago, he said, and I think he's right, he said the appeal, the timeless eternal appeal of Leave it to Beaver is that each episode was like an Aesop's fable. 
um, there was usually there was usually some takeaway at the end. And the lesson conveyed was don't be like Lumpy and Eddie Haskell, be like Wally and the Beaver. Yeah. And sometimes the lesson was learned by Ward. <laughs> Which I think also is because, you know, this was a time when we had shows like Father Knows Best and Robert Young. I mean, I watched the episodes and I think some of them were actually way ahead of their time. But I think the way that Robert Young was depicted and how, the, how how America saw him, he was like this unquestionable parental authority. You know, if he said something, it's law. You know, it's it's in stone. And I think Ward Cleaver was one who he wasn't he wasn't an idiot like dads might become later on TV, but he didn't have all the answers. He, you know, to his, he, he was a great authoritarian to his sons to say, this is right and this is wrong. But sometimes he'd go into the kitchen and, you know, he talked to June and it was like, well, I hope I did the, you know, and the one where they went camping and the whole premise was that Ward wanted his kids to have the same camping experience that he had as a boy. And it wasn't the same. The lake was stocked with fish, so it didn't matter you know, that they were, yeah, they were catching fish left and right. Yeah. Because somebody basically put it on the hook, right? but the kids were having a great time and Ward had to, you know, confide to June and just say, you know, every man wants to give, wrap up his childhood in a package and give it to his children. And I just realized you can't do that. They have to have their own, you know? So sometimes it was the lesson at the end of the episode was a lesson for Ward, not for the kids. And I think, that in the show was unheard of because we want to present well the you know the grown-ups are unquestionable authorities and they know everything and father knows best and and, and uh, unless mother knows better better <laughs> i guess but yeah the thing was the show did have a beginning middle and end there was not a storyline that carried over to a future episode which i think was practical at that time but then the show gets criticized for saying well Kids watch this show and they think all problems can be resolved in half an hour. And I think Leave It to Beaver, unfortunately, was the one that constantly was brought up for warping children's minds that they all think that every problem can be resolved in half an hour. No, you had you had storylines that had a beginning, middle, and end, and a moral for the most part. And uh, the moral might not be a lesson for Libra. It could be for... Uh, yeah, once in a while, even Eddie had to learn his lesson. That's right. Once in a while, but you had a character, he couldn't be reformed. He couldn't mature like Wally had to, you know, because you need it. Even when the show came back and Eddie was a grown man with a construction business, he was still the jerk that everybody, you know, you're going, why is it that Wally? Yeah, the, and those episodes dealt with, why is Wally still friends with this jerk? <laughs> You know, because that that was because, but it's also a lesson on friendship. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, it is. Uh, so you have all of these things, and and I think Tony Dow was such a great as a kid, and I think a stable kid because he also was a, a junior Olympic swimmer and diver, and so he he I think he had certain disciplines and 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 foundations, and he could take what life was throwing at him, but. 
you know, unfortunately, he couldn't talk about his depression at the time because he didn't talk about that at the time. But then not just saying in that CBS Sunday morning thing, it's not just, well, I had depression, you know, and I dealt with it. It was you could see how he was using another artistic skill to overcome his depression and how he was using sculpture. Not only did you see how he made the sculptures, how he carved things out of wood and then made a, a cast and, and made it out of metal, but it's like, this is how I'm expressing myself through to cope with my, you know. So it wasn't just like this abstract figure represents man in humanity to man. You actually see how he is using this skill set and what it meant uh, for him. So I think uh, he has a great legacy and he definitely knows what Wally is to him and what he is to Wally and what he appreciates that he is a part of Americana. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. We are the real Brady Bros. Brady Brothers from the TV show Brady Bunch. I'm Barry Williams. And I'm Christopher Knight. I played Greg. And uh, who are you again? I played Peter. We've decided that we're going to do a podcast around episodes of the Brady Bunch. We're going to use it as a prism to look back to our experience doing the show and why the Brady Bunch is still popular. Have a sunshine day. We are the real Brady Brady Bros. This Week in TV History now has its own podcast you can enjoy. This Week in TV History with Tony Figueroa on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you find podcasts. Chuck Harder will join us on the other side of the break as we continue our look at the life and career of Tony Dow, including his contributions to another groundbreaking series, Mr. Novak. Tony Dow had a recurring role on Mr. Novak immediately after the conclusion of Leave it to Beaver. Tony Dow passed away this past July 27th at the age of 77. We'll take a quick time out, then Chuck Carter will join us to share a few memories of his friend Tony Dow. We come back on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk tvconfidential.net talk at tvconfidential.net you can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential x.com forward slash tvconfidential or at tvconfidential on instagram and if you're listening to us on the tv confidential podcast please be sure to hit the subscribe button This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you. 